Loving and Holy Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us the privilege of life. Our desire is that our mind will be like yours and that your will and purpose in making us in your image shall be fulfilled in our lives. To that end, Lord, we ask that you consecrate us to your service today. Every day we live is an opportunity for us to learn something that will bring us to be like you. So, Lord, we pray that this devotion will be a step in that direction. Therefore, Lord, we pray that you grant to all of us your spirit. For those who will be listening and those who will be speaking, put your words in our mouth, O Lord, that we may speak words that will be a blessing to all of us, reflecting the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Conflict and Courage, January 23 God took him. Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Genesis chapter 5 verse 24 Enoch, we read, walked with God 300 years. That was a long time to be in communion with him. He communed with God because it was agreeable to him, and he loved the society of God. Enoch was a marked character. Many look upon his life as something above what the generality of mortals can ever reach, but Enoch's life and character represent what the lives and characters of all must be if, like Enoch, they are subjects to be translated when Christ shall come. His life was what the life of every individual may be if he closely connects with God. We should remember that Enoch was surrounded with influences so depraved that God brought a flood of waters on the world to destroy its inhabitants for their corruption. We are living in an evil age. The perils of the last days thicken around us. Because iniquity abounds, the love of many waxes cold. Enoch's case is before us. He lived in a corrupt age when moral pollution was teeming all around him. Yet he retained his mind to devotion. Yet he trained his mind to devotion to love purity. His conversation was upon heavenly things. He educated his mind to run in this channel and he bore the impress of the divine. His countenance was lighted up with the light which shineth in the face of Jesus. Enoch had temptations as well as we. He was surrounded with society no more friendly to righteousness than is that which surrounds us. The atmosphere he breathed was tainted with sin and corruption, the same as ours. Yet, he lived a life of holiness. He was unsullied with the prevailing sins of the age in which he lived. So may we remain pure and uncorrupted. He was a representative of the saints who live amid the perils and corruptions of the last days. For his faithful obedience to God, 
he was translated. So also, the faithful who are alive and remain will be translated. They will be removed from a sinful and corrupt world to the pure joys of heaven. Our present work is to come out from the world and be separate. This is the only way we can walk with God as did Enoch. Amen. The title of our devotion is God Took Him. Our key text is taken from the book of Genesis chapter 5 verse 24 which says Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Here we're looking further into the life of the man Enoch and we are going to look at what his life represents. Yesterday we learned what it means to walk with God because the Bible says Enoch walked with God and we saw that to walk with God is to have one mind with him, to make his will our will, to love what he loves, hate what he hates, to the same extent he hates it. It means to walk with him in joy or in sorrow, regardless of situation, to be trusting, perfectly trusting towards the Lord. That is what we saw it means to walk with God. But basically, if there's one thing you should remember about walking with God, it is this. That to walk with God, you must have the mind of God. That you love what he loves, his will will be your will and his dislikes will be your dislikes. That is what it means to walk with God. So what does the life of Enoch represent? Because the Lord did something to him. God took him. He never tasted death. He's still alive till today. He doesn't know what it means to die. Why did God do that? And how was it that he walked with God? Was it that things were just so easy for him? There was no temptation around him? Of course, from what we read just now, you can see that that was not the case. The life Enoch lived was not that it was easy for him. He was living in a world that the Lord described as only evil continually. It was the world in which Enoch lived that the Lord said it repented him that he has made man because all flesh had corrupted their way before God. Never has man ever reached the state of moral depravity that reached, that the world reached in the days of Enoch to tell you that it was not an easy thing. Man in the time of Enoch was capable of much. Man was just fresh from the hand of the Creator. Not so many centuries had passed at the time. The intellect of man was so great, we will look at those things subsequently. But just to know that with all the physical powers and mental powers that man had at the time, his capability to do evil was also very great. And you could see from what we have done, read in other devotions that they lived very long. 900 years, many of them, almost 10 centuries. Someone like Adam did see 10 centuries, though he didn't live up to a thousand years, but he did live 930 years. He lived his last century, 30 years of it. That was of the 10th one. And not just Adam, there were many of them who lived that long. To tell you the physical strength of these people, and you can tell also they were intellectually uh, capable men of renown, the Bible calls them. So what was the world like in which Enoch lived? I'm reading now from 
patriarchs and prophets, page 90 and 91, it says, God bestowed upon these antediluvians, that's the people who lived in Enoch's day, those before the flood, they are called antediluvians. God bestowed upon them many and rich gifts, but they used his bounties to glorify themselves and turned them into a curse by fixing their affections upon the gifts instead of the giver. They employed the gold and silver, the precious stones and the choice wood in the construction of habitation for themselves and endeavored to excel one another in beautifying their dwellings with the most skillful workmanship. They sought only to gratify the desires of their own proud hearts and revealed in scenes of pleasure and wickedness. Not desiring to retain, in, retain God in their knowledge, they soon came to deny his existence. They adored nature in place of the God of nature. They glorified human genius worshipped the works of their own hands and taught their children to bow down to graven images. You see, as we read this, I'm just comparing this with the world in which we live today. It's the same thing. They sought to gratify their desires. We see today in the sports, in the Emmy Awards and the Grammy Awards. They didn't desire to retain God in their knowledge. We have so many of them today, atheists, and they, be, they soon came to deny his existence. They adored nature and the place of the God of nature. So many religions are like that today. And even those who are not religious, you see them talking about mother nature, mother nature, and they worship nature, glorifying human genius. So how good Messi is in kicking the ball into the net and uh, Kobe Bryant and how genius they are. All these sportsmen, they glorify themselves, how good they are in doing all kinds of athletic things. They worship the works of their own hands. That's what the world was like in the days of Enoch. Very similar to ours. Continuing, it says, In the green fields and under the shadow of the goodly trees, they set up the altars of their idols. Extensive groves that retained their foliage throughout the year were dedicated to the worship of false gods. Reminds me where Stephen Colbert came to a Grammy Award talking to the people who were going to receive the award and he told them we are here to glorify the kind of something like the carnality of the human nature and in the end he told to them that we are doing it by giving you a golden idol to worship and then he told all of them who came for the grammy awards kneel before your god babylon hmm. and that is a stark fulfillment of what we're seeing now you may say to yourself there's no idolatry today there is idolatry very much as it was in the days of enoch that is what was going on with these groves were connected beautiful gardens their long winding avenues overhung with fruit bearing trees of all descriptions adorned with statutory and furnished with all that could delight the senses or minister to the voluptuous desires of the people and thus allure them to participate in the idolatrous worship. What more can be the description of all the world best player and uh, Emmy and Grammys? This is exactly the same thing. Very beautiful places they go to that will appeal to the eyes. As it says here, voluptuous desires of the people appeal to the senses to minister to the voluptuous desires of the people alluring them to come to that place and participate in the idolatrous worship and they give each other idols give them idols today they even have them american idol and britain got talent all the stuff it's all about idolatry the same thing celebrating like we read earlier the glorifying human genius how good you can sing how how many times you kick the ball into the net and all of that that's what man was glorifying in the days of enoch and you can see the similarity today in our own day 
continuing it says men put God out of their knowledge and worship the creatures of their own imagination and as a result they became more and more debased. The psalmist describes the effect produced upon the worshipper by the adoration of idols. He says, They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusted in them. Psalm 115 verse 8 It is a law of the human mind that by beholding we become changed. Man will rise no higher than his conceptions of truth, purity, and holiness. If the mind is never exalted above the level of humanity, if it is not uplifted by faith to contemplate infinite wisdom and love, the man will be constantly sinking lower and lower. The worshippers of false gods clothed their deities with human attributes and passions, and thus their standard of character was degraded to the likeness of sinful humanity. They were defiled in consequence. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God had given men his commandments as a rule of life, but law was transgressed, and every conceivable sin was the result. Take note, every conceivable sin. The wickedness of man was open and daring. Justice was trampled in the dust, and the cries of the oppressed reached unto heaven." End of quote. The earth was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. God had given men his commandments but they transgressed it. Going on, we've talked about polygamy before, how that was introduced in the days of Enoch. You see, this is a picture of our world today, only that it was even worse in the days of Enoch. In the midst of this corruption, Enoch walked with God. And you see, as we described just now, as we were reading, you can also see the similarity between the world of Enoch and ours today. And what do we see? Violence is filling the earth today the same way it was in the days of Enoch. The Bible says God said that violence was all over. And like we read now, humanity is not rising higher than that with which they give themselves to worship. Look at the kind of evils that men are committing today, very bold about it. You see what they call pride today? The LGBT lifestyle and gay pride like they call it. I understand that many of these people have been deceived and a lot has happened to bring them to where they are. But some of them don't even know that they've been deceived. They glory in their shame. And to them, what they are doing, there is no sin in it. And they want it to be known. They are making it public. That is how it was in the days of Enoch. This similarity between our world and Enoch's world means something. In the midst of this corruption, Enoch lived a holy life. He was unstained by the evil that surrounded him. He was firm and unmoved by all the things that lured him. His life was, there was temptations around him, but those temptations had no hold on him. Satan couldn't get good old Enoch to betray his God. We also are encouraged that we can be like Enoch. If Enoch overcame, so can we. It is not that the, the world in which Enoch lived was so free from temptation and that was why he lived such a pure holy life. But it was filled with evil continually, violence all over. But Enoch was pure. This is an encouragement to us that we also can be pure in our present day. 
and there is something more than that which we should take note of reading page 84 paragraph 3 of um, patriarchs and prophets we read there notwithstanding the prevailing iniquity there was a line of holy men who elevated and ennobled by communion with God lived as in the companionship of heaven they were men of massive intellect of wonderful attainment they had a great and holy mission to develop a character of righteousness to teach a lesson of godliness not only to the men of their time but for future generations only a few of the most prominent are mentioned in the scriptures but all through the ages god had faithful witnesses true-hearted worshipers and enoch was one of them he kept the lord's commandments he was one of the holy line the preservers of the true faith the progenitors of the promised seed he learned from the lips of adam you see and as we hear this about enoch like i said earlier it should give us courage to know that we also can be like that so what is the temptation that is surrounding you do you think that they are so overpowering that you can't overcome look at enoch the lord that helped him can help you you may have bad habits you may be in a life of sin it's no excuse the power of god is great where sin did abound grace did abound much more you have the lord on your side and his divine power can help you that divine power that helped enoch to live in a world teeming with iniquity violence everywhere and yet he was so pure there was no sin in his life so also it may be with you and me the lord took him why did god translate enoch to the point that we know today that he has never tasted death let us see why patriarchs and prophets page 88 paragraph 2 by the translation of enoch the lord designed to teach an important lesson there was danger that men would yield to discouragement because of the fearful results of adam's sin many were ready to exclaim what profit is it that we have feared the lord and have kept his ordinances since a heavy curse is resting upon the race and death is the portion of us all but the instructions which god gave to adam and which were repeated by seth and exemplified by enoch swept away the gloom and darkness and gave hope to men that as true adam came death so through the promised redeemer would come life and immortality satan was urging upon men the belief that there was no reward for the righteous or punishment for the wicked and that it was impossible for men to obey the divine statutes but in the case of enoch god declares that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 he shows what he will do for those who keep his commandments take note what he will do for those who keep his commandments men were taught that it is impossible to obey the law of god that even while living in the midst of the sinful and corrupt they were able by the grace of god to resist temptation men were taught that it is possible to obey the law of god that even while living in the midst of the sinful and corrupt 
they were able by the grace of God to resist temptation and become pure and holy. They saw in his example the blessedness of such a life and his translation was an evidence of the truth of his prophecy concerning the hereafter. With its award of joy and glory and immortal life to the obedient and of condemnation, woe and death to the transgressor. End of quote. So God took Enoch for the purpose of encouraging us to let us know that there is a reward for keeping his commandments and also to help us to know that it is possible. There are people who are teaching today thinking that they are defending the sovereignty of God that it is not possible for man to reflect the image of Jesus, to be holy in this life, to keep the commandments of God. But they don't know that they are teaching just the same message of the devil. For this is the same argument that the devil has put forth to God, charging God with injustice that he created man, yet not giving us the ability to keep his commandments, that God is unjust. And anybody who is teaching such a lesson to people that it is not possible to overcome, that man cannot keep God's commandments is only repeating the same teaching of Satan. For if Satan were here, he would not see anything different from what such human beings are saying. They are unknown to themselves or unknown to themselves, I don't know, because the Bible talks about people being deceived and deceiving others. Perhaps they are deceived, but they don't, don't know that they are verily representing the devil every time they say that. Brothers and sisters who are listening, has anybody ever told you that? Rebuke such a person and don't allow such thoughts to come to your mind. The Lord who told you be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect is able to give you all the power that you need to overcome and to be perfect. The Lord who helped Enoch to be perfect can help you to be perfect. So don't let anyone teach you that lesson. Don't even listen to it. You can be perfect. It is not only in your strength. Cooperating with God, you can walk with God and like Enoch attain to what Enoch attained, the character of Christ. The Bible speaks also of a people who like Enoch will be redeemed from the earth. Enoch was translated, but the Bible also says there are other people who are going to be translated. In the book of Revelation chapter 14 verse 1 to 3, the prophet John in holy vision sees the 144,000 in people in number 144,000 standing with the Lamb on Mount Zion, redeemed from the earth. He says, these are they who are spotless, they were without guile, that's what he said, and they will have overcome every sin. They will attain to that same spirituality that Enoch attained. They also will be living in a corrupt world, teeming with iniquity of all kinds. The Bible speaks of such a time called the hour of temptation. That's the time they will be living in. Reading from the book, Ye Shall Receive Power, page 365, paragraph 3. It says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. In this scripture is brought to view the hour of temptation that is to try them that dwell upon the earth. We are now living in this hour. There is no escape for any from this conflict. If in your life there are defective traits of character that you are not striving to overcome, you may be assured that the enemy will endeavor to take advantage of them, for he is watching vigilantly, seeking to spoil the faith of everyone. In order to gain the victory over every besetment of the enemy, 
we must lay hold on a power that is out and beyond ourselves. We must maintain a constant living connection with Christ who has power to give to every soul that will maintain an attitude of faith and humility. So take note of these words. For us to get that power, we must maintain an attitude of faith and humility in order to overcome every besetment. And we must have that living connection with Christ. You see that? The same thing Enoch had, the same living uh, connection with Christ. Continuing the reading, it says, If we are self-sufficient and think that we may go on just as we please, and yet hope to come out on the right side finally, we shall find that we have made a terrible mistake. As those who hope to receive the overcomer's reward, we must press forward in the Christian warfare, though at every advance we meet with opposition. End of quote. The hour of temptation is coming before us and we are told we are already in that hour of temptation. It is the same time as the time Enoch lived. And out of this time, the Lord is going to bring out many Enochs, plenty of people who like Enoch will overcome. So, we read about these people in the book Patriarchs and Prophets, page 88, paragraph 3, says, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Hebrews 11 verse 5 In the midst of a world, by its iniquity doomed to destruction, just like ours, Enoch lived a life of such close communion with God that he was not permitted to fall under the power of death. So what, why, why, why did God not allow him fall to the power of death? Let's read on to understand why. The godly character of these prophets represents the state of holiness which must be attained by those who shall be redeemed from the earth revelation chapter 14 verse 3 so here we are looking at a people in revelation 14 reading verse 3 and these people are representatives enoch rather is a representative of these people just as enoch lived in such a close communion with god that he didn't he wasn't permitted to die so also those people in revelation 14 verse 3 are a people who will live in such close communion with god and like enoch will reflect the character of christ that they will not be allowed to taste death. let's go on and you'll see more on that it says they will be redeemed from the earth at the time of christ's second advent then that is at the time of christ's second advent as in the world before the flood in comparison you see iniquity will prevail Following the promptings of their corrupt hearts and the teachings of a deceptive philosophy, men will rebel against the authority of heaven. Now take note of what follows next. It says, But like Enoch, God's people will seek for purity of heart and conformity to his will until they shall reflect, not the likeness of Enoch now, but the likeness of Christ." Like Enoch, they will warn the world of the Lord's second coming and of the judgments to be visited upon transgression. And by their holy conversation and example, they will condemn the sins of the ungodly. As Enoch was translated to heaven before the destruction of the world by water, so the living righteous will be translated from the earth before his destruction by fire. Says the apostle, We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last drop. In other words, it's not everyone who is going to die. We shall not all die. There are some who will not die. That's what Paul is saying here. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, 
with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. The trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. The dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 51 and 52 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 to 18. Amen. So this is a promise to us who are living in these last days. We are living in a type of Enoch's time. And as we are living in a type of Enoch's time, which is the hour of temptation, so also in this time the Lord wants to bring out a people who, like Enoch, will reflect the character of Christ fully and will not taste death. So what are the things that will be happening in this hour of temptation? Let's try to understand what are the things that will be happening. Reading our High Calling page 354, paragraph 2 to 4, it says, We are living in an age of peril when ungodliness is common. Even professed Christians do not believe their Bibles. The truth of the Word of God is too plain and pointed for them. Anti-Christian ideas, customs and practices prevail, and they are even construed to be Christian. But that which is of most value, that which God esteems most highly, is treated with contempt. Wickedness, uh, pre wickedness prevails on every hand, for Satan has come down having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. He is a persevering, diligent, untiring worker, and if ever there was a time when men needed the presence of Christ at their right hand, it is now. We need a captain of our salvation continually by our side. There is and will continue to be agitation all around us, for the kingdoms of the world will not be at rest. Never was there a time when the temptation to deny Christ in spirit and in deportment was stronger, and this temptation will increase in power as we near the end. Strong and overpowering temptations will come upon men. False doctrines and fables will be presented as Bible truth for men's acceptance, and if it were possible, they will deceive the very elect now to understand this is the world that we are living in today and it's only going to get worse from what we read earlier we are told that as we near the close of probation as we near the coming of christ these temptations will increase even more and more they will increase in power as we near the end strong and overpowering temptations will come upon men these temptations we see all around us whether it is in the form of false doctrines fables, customs, practices, the way Satan has fine-tuned temptation today, even the churches are accepting them into their practices and doesn't, they don't look at them as sin anymore. Is it in the dress? Is it in the pleasures of this world? I mean, Christians will sit down on their television watching pagan things. They don't call it pagan things, of course, they call them sitcoms, they call them movies, they call them cartoons, that's what they call them. They call them even education. They have, Satan has given them new names now, but it is still the same witchcraft that was practiced in the past. Christians sit down comfortably before their family altar called the television and the devils are speaking to them. And they even take these things into churches, go in practicing it in the churches. The temptation is deep and they don't know that Satan has lulled them to sleep. Many are in sin, unknown to themselves. The temptations of Satan have been so fine-tuned now. Is it pornography? Oh no. Look at how it is being painted today. 
the world a large percentage of men are into it is it is it self-abuse is it sexual immorality or is it covetousness where do you want to go to is it violence satan has made these temptations so sharp to people that they are all involved in it humanity is all involved in it without even knowing sometimes people are playing the video games not knowing that the word of god condemns that thing they are doing in shooting and shooting and killing here and there though it is a game but it's the principle still that is in the mind that love you have to get that headshot to kill in that video game you are just as guilty as if you did it in reality satan has increased the violence through the video games he has increased the immorality through the video games anyhow you want it he presents it to you the temptations are getting sharper than before they have increased in power strong and overpowering temptations is it food food has become so tempting today people are eating themselves to death gluttony which was the scene of sodom bible says in ezekiel 16 verse 49 behold this was the iniquity of sodom pride fullness of bread and abundance of idleness iniquity do people know that abundance of idleness is iniquity people want to get idle they want to go to the club they want to go there and party they want to, they feel they are bored when they are not uh, involved in anything that is making them to be high and all of that people are involved in such things. that is the world in which we are living the hour of temptation is before us but in the midst of this the lord is teaching us today like enoch we can live lives that is reflecting the image of jesus fully and the reward for us is that we will be translated going on to understand again another kind of temptation in our time in this hour of temptation i said i was reading earlier from the book truth about angels page 262 uh, you can also see it in Great Controversy, page 53. It says, The coming of the Lord is to, pre- to be preceded by the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. And the Apostle John, describing the miracle walking power that will be manifested in the last days, declares, He doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceived them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do no mere impostures are here foretold men are deceived by real miracles the miracles which satan's agents have power to do not which they pretend to do satan's temptations goes beyond just what i described earlier appealing to the flesh we are now seeing manifestations of real miracles go to the churches and not just the churches even in hinduism buddhism you see them they are really performing miracles people are walking on nails people are swallowing fire oh some people are actually getting healed but where is the power from the bible tells us that satan will walk with all power and signs and lying wonders with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and many today are falling many are deceived so many are swept by the hour of temptation that satan has brought upon the world going on now review and herald april 1 1875 satan is a cunning foe and it is not difficult for the evil angels to represent both saints and sinners who have died and make these representations visible to human eyes these manifestations will be more frequent and developments of a more startling character will appear as we near the close of time. Then again, page 552 and 560 of Great Controversy, he says, Satan has power to bring before men the appearance of their departed friends. The counterfeit is perfect, the familiar look, the words, the tone are produced with marvelous distinctness. Many will be confronted by the spirits of devils personating beloved relatives or friends. 
and declaring the most dangerous heresies, these visitants will appeal to our tenderest sympathies and will work miracles to sustain their pretensions. We must be prepared to withstand them with what? With the Bible that the dead know not anything and they and that they who thus appear are the spirits of devils. Just before us is the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. All whose faith is not firmly established on the word of God will be deceived and overcome. Page 591 Great Controversy Communications from the spirits who declare that God has sent them to convince the rejecters of Sunday of their error, affirming that the laws of the land should be obeyed as a law of God. Here we see the kind of works that's going to be happening in this our own hour of temptation. Enoch had his hour of temptation, he was able to overcome. How did he overcome? By communion with God, constant connection. And how was that constant connection maintained? We read it now. The only way we can overcome is by the word of God. God is developing many Enochs today. And these and much more is the condition of the world in which the, um, the those ones who are to be translated will be found. But like Enoch, God's people will seek for purity of heart and conformity to his will until they shall reflect the likeness of Christ. And finally, these people will be brought to the time of trouble such as never was. This will be the peak of that hour of temptation which shall come to try all those that dwell on the earth. So what will be the state of all those who will be victorious in that time of trouble? The Bible speaks in the book of Daniel 12 verse 1 that then shall there come a time of trouble such as never was since the creation of this world. A time of trouble. Who are the people that are going to be in this time of trouble? It will be those who are living in the last days, who like Enoch will be translated. But in what state are we to be found if we are to be among those people? Great Controversy, page 623, paragraph 1, it says, Now, while our great high priest is making the atonement for us, we should seek to become perfect in Christ. Not even by a thought could our Savior be brought to yield to the power of temptation. Satan finds in human hearts some point where he can gain a foothold, some sinful desires cherished by means of which his temptations assert their power. But Christ declared of himself, The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. John 14 verse 30 Satan could find nothing in the Son of God that would enable him to gain the victory. He had kept his father's commandments and there was no sin in him that Satan could use to his advantage. This is the condition in which those must be found who shall stand in the time of trouble." End of quote. So here we see what we must be if we must overcome. Christ couldn't be made to yield to sin not even by a thought. Are you made to sin by your thoughts? If we must overcome like Enoch, because we are those who are living in these last days and we have that opportunity before us. We have to come to a state where not even by a thought will we be made to sin. Satan finds something in us, maybe by the movies we've watched or the cherished opinions we've had in the past where he can take a foothold on us and say, oh, this person still loves me. He loves sin. We need to come to that state and it is possible. That is what this devotion is about, to encourage all of us, to make us know, just as Enoch overcame, it is possible for all of us to overcome too. Is the power of God too weak that you cannot be made perfect? When we say that we cannot overcome, we belittle God. 
and that is when we abuse his sovereignty and insult him. If the Lord is living in us, is sin so powerful that he cannot transform us to become like him? Is that what we are saying? The Lord is powerful. And if he is in us, his divine power will give us everything. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1, 2, 3, 4 tells us that his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness and that we can escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. Amen. That is what we must be. And these people, the Lord will reward them. If we are going to make it, if we will do what Enoch did, the Lord will reward us because we are standing before the world with a wonderful truth. Reading from Sermons and Talks, Volume 1, page 72, paragraph 3. Why were the 144,000 so specially singled out? The answer is given because just like you see the world I've just described now, the temptations, how it is teeming all around us, the Lord knows and he's not going to treat the people who overcome in such a time just like every other person. It says because they had to stand with the wonderful truth right before the whole world and receive their opposition and while receiving this opposition, they were to remember that they were sons and daughters of God, that they must have Christ formed within them the hope of glory. They were ever keeping in view the great and blessed hope that is before them. What is it? It is an eternal weight of glory. Nothing could surpass it. Amen. The Lord sees the time in which we are living. He knows that the temptation is greater than it has ever been. He knows that our human weakness is even greater than ever. And he is working now. If we would allow him, he will create out of you an Enoch. He will create out of me another Enoch who will be translated without seeing death. Not just because he covered their sins alone, but he will make out of us a righteous, holy, pure, undefiled people. So what is it you are struggling with? Don't worry, we can overcome. The Lord is in the business of making sinners righteous. The deeper your sins, the greater the glory to him, so that it will not be of any glory to man. The greater and the deeper your de- your defect of character, the more the glory the Lord has when he redeems you and transforms you. And the whole world will know that there is power in God. Conflict and Courage, page 29, paragraph 7 says, Our present work is to come out from the world and be separate. This is the only way we can walk with God as did Enoch. Our High Calling, page 354, paragraph 5. The end of all things is at hand. The day of God is hastening apace. The world is full of crime and anguish and sorrow. There are calamities by land and by sea. Storm and tempest make it unsafe for us to be separated from God for one single moment. Only those who live by faith in this probationary life will be able to stand in the day of test, when everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but they shall dwell in safety and be unmoved. Amen. Take courage, brothers and sisters. I'm happy there is hope for us. As Enoch was translated, so can we be translated. As he reflected the character of Christ, so can we. Romans 15 verse 4. Now, all the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So I have hope that I can be that person who will be redeemed from the earth like Enoch. And you also should share that hope with me. May the Lord bless us. Amen.
let us pray holy father in heaven we thank you for this privilege and opportunity that has been brought before us you who gave the divine power to enoch to give him the grace to live that holy unsolid perfect life we believe you can do it for us and we pray lord as you have said in your word as your our faith is so be it unto us lord we have defects of our character we know we trust you that you can take it away from us we trust you lord that you can make out of us a golden wedge of all fire you can create in us a clean heart and renew in us a right spirit that we can be those who will stand in that time of trouble where the temptation is teeming greater and greater but yet by your grace we will overcome lord please do this for us and take the glory thank you lord for hearing our prayers thank you for answering in jesus name i pray amen